Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Attention, listeners. Radio Free Hipster is the internet's home for nerdcore hip-hop. Nerdcore used to be just a made-up word. MCs shied away from belief. Rest assured. Geek Rock. Chiptunes. VGM. Remixes. I was a terror since the public school era. Bathroom passes, cutting classes, squeezing asses. Smoking blunts was a daily routine. A veritable celebration of nerd music and culture. Yours free, twice monthly at hipsterplease.com. Dig that shit. Nerdlinger. Listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone bat. That's not a bone. It's a space station. Already killed the spider queen. Grab assassins. Routine. Rolling 20s. Know what I mean? Fighters level 18. My sorcerer's got mad spells. White wolf makes me daydream. I'm tired of this story tell. Toss the dice back on the table. Gonna need them until later. Grab the wallet and the key. We're going out, we getting found. Just another night on fire. We keep it hot. Who wants to burn with cosplay in 3P? Check the namesake, boys. Doing anime screening. Steady rapping at the players. Got the fangirls screaming. Cosplay trips on catnip with the honeys. Rest ass kitties. You know 3P digs on the bitches with big titties. We got three screens open. You want Mecca or Lane? I'm gonna pass. On the new Yasha, got no need for wolves. Ran a stand for my mama belief. Gonna wing a rut your brain. So throw on some cowboy bebop, jet and spike will bring the pain. Got the blues, but we make it through with samurai shampoo. Ghost in the shell, demon city Shinjuku. Get this party started, pop on your Osuki doji. Get the ladies to the fellas on a ratio attention. Now the place is really banging. Bring the noise of fully Cooley, drinking sake with Sakura. As I'm rubbing up on Yumi, hear the sirens and the popo. It's a bubble gum crisis. Shonen chop off the stage like two bubble bow bo- bison. Gotta bounce like a gummy bear. Bounce, bogo, 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 bounce like those trampoline girls on the Man show bounce like a tigger, bounce like a Nakamino, bounce like a fireball from the brothers Mario, bounce like a gummy bear, bounce, pogo, 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 bounce like the trampoline girls on the man show, bounce like a tigger, bounce like a Nakamino, bounce like a fireball from the brothers Mario, bounce from the back end, Graydon Kitty is for crucifixes, J pop on the radio gives way to nine inch and three mixes, onk in my left hand, goblet in my right, Death Star has a rock, bitch who rules the night, it's an LARP, jib a live action role play, undeath, courtesy of 3PO and cosplay, speaking of players, son, this game about to get played. We're two muffins and lunatics. This vampire, the masquerade, will catch your wing stack.
static from the prince of the city Can we get out of trouble? Maybe, but the odds are pretty slim They roll from none to itty bitty But we mostly show for Tory adores a big titty It's called Blood Hunt Can't say we were prepared The sheriff and the scourge in pursuit fangs bare We're not scared, but the girlies care enough to let us run off Bounce to the Batmobile and vanish much like Malcolm. Bounce like a gummy bear Bounce, pogo, 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 bounce Like those trampoline girls on the man show Bounce like a tigger Bounce like a Nagamino Bounce like a fireball from the Brothers Mario Bounce like a gummy bear Bounce, pogo, 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 bounce Like the trampoline girls on the man show Bounce like a tigger Bounce like a Nagamino Bounce like a fireball from the Brothers Mario Bounce from the game Got a set and can't forget Pull the Batmobile around Park it next to Fed's Fed Tanuki at the door Play by play from MC Hawking We'll make your head explode When Norfolk's nerdcore is rocking MC3PO, Chess, Hart, Double Kangarously Close to an MC, Jesse Dangerously Cosplay Steve Perry, not the midget from Journey Mirrors, Mr. Dole, both wearing blazer into derby MC Router doing shots Tell got it going on Gigahertz is drunk and dry Humping Ultra Clyde Strong On the deck, Bass Bella Run a lot in the john Optimus keeps the ballistics Have a fistic on the wacker cards Whitey Cracker throwing back a shot At Jack with Shea O'Reilly Futuristic sex robots Compliments of Dr. Wiley Just like BV spit it hot Drink a tub of Tabasco Keep it rocking on the board Or pop a fist when you pass go Bounce like a gummy bear Bounce, go, 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 go Bounce like those trampoline girls On the man show Bounce like a tigger Bounce like a Nakamino Bounce like a fireball From the Brothers Mario Bounce like a gummy bear Bounce, go, 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 go Bounce like the trampoline girls On the man show Bounce like a tigger Bounce like a Nakamino Bounce like a fireball From the Brothers Mario Get a star to the stage Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 57 of the Bone Bat Show. I'm Steve. And this is Gord. How you doing, man? I'm doing so well. I am doing so good right now. Yeah? I had the greatest thing happen of my entire life. What's that? I went to the supermarket, went to buy a few things, got in the checkout line, I saw a boob. <laughs> Sweet. How did that happen? I have no idea. God was smiling on me that day. I go in the checkout line. The woman in front of me buying some beer, like college-age student, not some crazy, filthy crack whore, not some 97-year-old woman, an attractive young woman wearing a tank top, low cut, and what, what can I say? I looked over, and there was a boob. I was staring right at a boob. Fantastic. It was, it was great. Well, I, that made my week. I'm still high. So today was a good day. Well, you yeah, know what? You know, that kind of thing doesn't happen every day. That that thing doesn't kind of thing doesn't really happen ever. Do you ever see like a free range boob out, you know, in the wilderness? <laughs> free range. Yeah, it's usually affixed to something that you you really wish you hadn't witnessed it. But this this was fine. I was I was very happy with the whole the whole presentation that's that's fantastic well you know what our days are both going to get a lot better right now because oh my god you're going to see another boob this is a big ass show man you know we're leading up to thanksgiving here in november is on the yeah. rise and breast. we're bringing it this week we've got death star in the studio with us what that's true mc3po cosplay and bill beats are joining us and the mighty Z from Hipster Please. How you doing, man? I uh, I will be the giblets if cosplay will be the gravy. <laughs> done. Double done. We are getting started know. off on the right foot. I don't know what the fuck that even means. It's just it's late over here. You're gonna get a lot of that from me. That's... What exactly are giblets anyway? <laughs> They're the turkey's uh, fancy parts. That's right. Man. <laughs> the sweet meats. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, we're definitely bringing it, and uh, we're going to be hearing all about Z and Death Star's upcoming projects, what's going on. But first, why don't we do a little What Pisses You Off? 
Yeah. Who do we want to start with this week? I want to well, start, start with, with our Bill. guests. Let's be polite for a change. Okay, I yeah, want to start with Bill Beats. What pisses Bill Beats off? Currently, nothing right now. I'm pretty happy. Sure, you don't want to talk about your ex-girlfriend on this one? No, no, because I'll probably die. I'm posting on my home. Facebook Wait, about your relationship. Your ex-girlfriend? Yet? Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, uh, 3P announced that he was single at a at a uh, concert. As far as I knew, it was true. And, uh, <laughs> and she was there. Around. No, but she <laughs> found out about it somehow with evil. Because she's a girlfriend, she has spies everywhere. Uh, and so, uh, so that didn't go so well for him. But uh, no, no, it did not. <laughs> but 3PO wow. does shit like that. I it's, mean, it's it's true. I'm poorly true, behaved. <laughs> I don't think Hallmark makes a card to apologize for that one. <laughs> yeah, sorry my bandmate told all the women in the audience I was single and then pointed them at me like a, like a friggin' rocket. <laughs> Oddly, not sorry about the blowjob. <laughs> no, that was a fair trade blowjob. <laughs> fair trade free range. We're very outside right, the If box. we're going to talk about what pisses us off, then I suppose I'll jump in. Um... Because this is something that I think Bill Beats will help me out with. The the indie hip-hop community uh, this week uh, suffered a staggering loss at the death of Idea of Idea and Abilities on the Rhymesayers label. Uh, he was an amazing MC, extremely talented. Uh, not just with fantastic lingual dexterity. There's a video online of him and Slug from Atmosphere doing freestyle on the Wake Up Show, and it's just an amazing freestyle video. But his lyrical content was extremely powerful. He was very talented, and at 28 years old, he died in his sleep at his mother's house. Uh, nobody's really talking about why he died, but it's fairly obvious since there was no trauma that it was of drug use. The guy had a serious drug problem. What pisses me off is the fact that it seems of late... Uh, historically, these past few years, we are suffering so many tragic losses of great, great talents. Uh, idea, not long ago, Greg Giraldo, and then of course in recent years, people like uh, Heath Ledger and the like, dying from what is essentially like fairly mild, consistent, and then sudden overdoses of, of, of drugs. Come on, celebrities, get off your asses. Have some, have some care for the the solipsistic, narcissistic masses of your fans who think that your talent belongs to them. We need more albums, movies, and stand-up routines. Stop dying on us. This pisses me off. I mean, I'm upset that they're gone, but I'm more upset that they've robbed me of what belongs to me. Their talent. <laughs> your your entertainment. Absolutely. Exactly. They exist for my pleasure, and now they're gone. What is wrong with them? That pisses me off. That an improper apostrophe. I just will not stand for that. <laughs> it does not pluralize words. It's for contractions. Oh, you're it's... gonna get all giblety with Gordon now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's. What can I say? It's, I, I just can't stand it. So what do you got, Cos? What pisses you off? Wow, I can't really follow that at all. Yeah, um, yeah he, didn't he suck the fucking wind everywhere. right out of the room? When, now when I piss and moan about the Weinstein company, I'm gonna sound like a jerk off. Right. Um. I'm really upset that George R. R. Martin takes too long to come out with this damn. Oh voice. my God, Amen! Oh, that man, hurry up! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I understand that there, you know, things happen. He gets a series on HBO. He, you know, gets he ends up having to rewrite the book like three times because it always comes out two thousand pages or longer. But um, I'd really appreciate uh, an excuse, a valid excuse, to reread his works again. One so book in a decade. <laughs> One. <laughs> I read A Storm of Swords in 1999. Wow. That was a long time ago. Also, I dislike improper apostrophes. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's about it's as much anger as I can muster Damn straight. <laughs> These are my people, man. 
Nothing is worse than a stray apostrophe. Someone's no trying kidding. to pluralize something. What the hell? Yeah, what what the hell? Who who taught people to do that? We're gonna cowboy this entire podcast based around grammar and yeah, our dislike of grammar, grammar, grammar use. Oh my god! Yeah, if you anyone who's been reading my Facebook posts lately, they've they've been mostly just me bitching about grammar. <laughs> so anybody reading email that I send to Steve is the same thing. <laughs> so how about you, Z? What pisses you off, man? Uh, I, don't, I guess uh, I can piggyback this onto the grammar discussion. I think it's just contemporary <laughs> nomenclature in general that pisses me off. It's like we as Americans decide every couple years we're just going to take a, a fairly benign little word and just beat the shit out of it. <laughs> that, that's uh, so true, man. Like diva or drama or oh, the God. ever popular extreme. We just get a word and we just squeeze all this little juice out till it's just a husk. <laughs> and... Uh, no disrespect to like you know Shannon or Matt from uh, from Seattle Geekly. Love them. Love uh, Low Tech from Geek Peak Post. But I'm starting to think, brothers and sisters, that we are using the word geek just a little bit too much. It's like I'm seeing it injected into everything from art and culture to this whole geek chic bullshit. And uh, I think it's losing its luster. Do you think geek is the new extreme? I do. <laughs> it's getting that bad. It's 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 getting to be kind of buzzword status in that. Uh, that bothers me just a little bit. You I know mean, what I, else is is taken over, which I've frankly had enough of, is 3D. Oh, I mean, God. everything is 3D, and I saw an ad for what Crest 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Come I'm on, I live 3D all fucking day. When I go to the movies, it's the last thing I want to see. Oh, did you guys hear that they're re-releasing Star Wars movies in 3D? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, we haven't re-released a Star Wars yeah, in order, and I'm sure it's the special editions. That's what we all wanted. We wanted Jar Jar Banks in, in 3D. You know, I piss <laughs> and moan, but I'm going to take my fucking kids and go see it. Oh, of I course mean, you are. Of course. Yeah, it's, I can complain, but I'm, he's still going to get my money. I won't see the first three movies, or rather the last three movies. We, we want to see we want to see Han Solo walk around that poorly fucking rendered Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Which it's oddly, he would be the only thing in the scene that wasn't in 3D. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just imagining that. Here you go, kids. This is Daddy's childhood. Tart it up and trot it out. <laughs> Put on a cart and wheeled out for your pleasure. Go ahead. Put some this is why Dad's so messed up. That Crest 3D, though, that works really well. <laughs> I, I, your, your teeth are like shining right through that pop filter. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It, it's three dimensions of two. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a shark now. He's got teeth on top of teeth. <laughs> if you knock one out, does the one behind it just roll forward? Pops right the hell up, man. It's and he can core an apple like a motherfucker. Like it's on a moving walkway, in fact. You just see it just roll forward. Oh, that's so cool. All incisors. A mouthful of incisors. What, no bicuspids? No, not even. It's He's all, he's all biting and tearing, no grinding whatsoever. Oh, fuck a molar. <laughs> it's for wheat-eating pussies right there. <laughs> <laughs> this show was the best idea ever. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I have to say, though, I have to say, Z, I am kind of with you on the geek tip. As much as I hate to say it, because, I mean, of course, we're, we're putting out an EP soon that's called Geek Softly. 
So, I mean, really, we, we, we're, like, who are we to talk? We're, we're really throwing stones at our own glass house here. Admittedly, Geek Softly is a reference to speak softly, carry a big stick, and the picture is going to be Teddy Roosevelt with a baby arm. With a giant baby neck, arm coming but, out of his neck, uh, which is, a, which is a very long story. But uh, I, I was talking to Steve earlier um, about how the word geek has its origins, of course, in carny speak for, for the guy who was the gross-out artist biting heads off of chickens and mortifying his own flesh for the audience's enjoyment. Not because he had any talent, but because he was willing to debase himself for money. And now we're using it to describe everything. Although it's super appropriate for nerdcore. I'm going to say that that really, like, I feel feel how I as a nerdcore. <laughs> With your mouth full of shark teeth, biting the heads off of chicken should really be, like, something we should as add he, to the act now. Oh, yeah. As he, Crunch. As he carves off his nipple, icky pop style with a yeah, piece, of, a, piece of, a of a broken light hole. Missing body parts is really what cosplay is all about. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, I write for a geek dad. I, I probably shouldn't be uh, tossing stones either, but it's just like, oh, we need to back the fuck up off this thing just a little bit. And the definition now isn't geek is kind of changed to also mean like the ability to generate a ridiculous amount of enthusiasm about something. I think uh, I think geek means uh, that you're someone who thinks that uh, the things that are different about you make you better than other people. They do. Oh, really? Whereas huh. a nerd thinks that the things about uh, that are different about you, you uh, make other people think that you're worse than them. I think it's uh, we've got this weird sort of geek hyper superiority complex going on that uh, I just can't quite understand. Being from Seattle, I wouldn't know what you mean. Uh, but like, I, I think being from Seattle, I know the geek culture more than anyone else. And uh, could you hop up a little higher on your high um, horse? There, yeah, I could. <laughs> so being, being from, from Seattle slash Kirkland, the home. He's of already Microsoft sitting on the tallest and... chair in the room. <laughs> As a child of the grunge rock era in Seattle, being where I was from born. Douche City, USA, <laughs> yeah, I see, believe that you're, you're 100 percent correct. There, geek. Uh, you have some latte foam on your lips. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and, and other. Stuff. Whoa, that's anyway. not latte. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's it's being abused a little bit, and um, and it needs to stop. Do, do we need right a new word? Yeah. What song. word should we use? Well, I, Ooh, I was I saying just... earlier that like the, the the three big ones are are geek, which we've already you know kind of effed out, and then you have nerd, which is a Dr. Seuss term that we've co-opted, which makes perfect sense and yet does not. And then, of course, there's dork, which is, you know, a whale's dick, which is yes, also it's like not term for grand. a penis, which is always a good place to start. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's fit some of us more than others. I want to take wang if we're going to go, <laughs> go wang. Yeah, I'm going to be a wang. I don't know. I was Martin totally Lysel wanging out about that new CD. Pioneers of wangcore hip-hop. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe we should make a word that's, that's difficult to pronounce and perhaps too embarrassing for mainstream culture to use, just like a collection of sounds, like kind of a... Or something. <laughs> Good, then I'll have something to use with X's and Z's when I'm playing fucking words with friends. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's like geek culture. I don't know. I think our only solution is just to start using everything as synonyms and just kind of water it all down. Geek, nerd, dork, let's quit... Looking him and hauling over what? Oh, th th yeah, that's always the solution for the English language, isn't it? Let's just make this word mean so many things that it no longer means anything. It means exactly. Yeah. yeah, sort of like the word cleave, which uh, you know actually means to to break apart and then to cling together. It means both of those things. That, that's but what really we do. That's what we do to ourselves. Is in cleavage. <laughs> but, well, that's Cle the only cleavage that's is important. a better yeah. use for that word. Or when you cleave through, there's yeah, that. You too. can cleave through, or you can cleave to. Wow. Well, you know what pisses me off? 
What pisses you off, Steve? I found out that uh, I, I've made no bones about it, or I, I have, you know, wasn't shy about saying, rather, that Grindhouse was my favorite theater experience of 2007. Agreed. Loved like that it. fucking going and spending that, you know, three and a half hours just immersed in cinema. It was a great time. And I bought Death Proof when it came out on DVD, but I was kind of pissed about it because the Weinstein Company always seems to just fuck you somehow. If it's a matter of leaving off, you know, trailers that should have been there or some other little bit. And so I find out that Grindhouse came out on Blu-ray this week. I'm like, holy shit. So I run out and I pick it up and I I go back to work and I'm, I'm eating lunch and I rip it open and I'm reading the box. No fucking machete trailer listed anywhere on it. It's got all the other trailers and everything else from the movie. But Machete doesn't say it's on there. And so I go online and I start, like, looking up reviews, and I can't seem to find... When you should be working, right? No, I was on lunch. So I I go online, and I'm, I'm like, looking all around. I'm trying to find any evidence anywhere of whether or not the trailer's on the disc. And there's a whole bunch of bullshit reviews of, like, from the press release before the DVD came out. But there wasn't any actual reviews of, like, eyes on the DVD that I could find really quickly to say whether or not it had the fucking thing. And so I'm getting all filled with indignant rage because, you know, the the Kill Bill thing still hasn't come out, the whole bloody affair, which fucking annoys me. I didn't buy those DVDs because, you know, I love those films. I can't wait to buy them. Just, you know, you can have my money. Just put that shit out. But, you know, it it hasn't happened. So I'm annoyed about that. I get home, I put in the DVD, and it turns out that the machete trailer's fucking on there after all. <laughs> but it's not listed anywhere on the thing. And so I had, like, this whole afternoon of outrage and just being pissed. <laughs> Infinite rage. Yeah, it, uh, for, no, for no fucking reason at all, because they couldn't just print it on the fucking label. You are such a product of the internet, by the so, way. So, that totally pisses me off. It's not on the box. I'm going to be angry about it. I don't even know if it's not on there, but I'm going to act as if. <laughs> act as if! Damn it! Uh, uprising! So, so Steve, is, Steve is pissed off about being pissed off about something that he shouldn't have been pissed off about in the first place. Yes. That's, that's right. the meta piss off hat trick there, gentlemen. See how I did that? Wow. In such ways are internet blogs born. See what I did there? That's why I, I have a that. podcast. Yeah, so, well, you know what pisses me off? What's that, buddy? Let me tell you. It's been a, a long, dry summer here in Northern California, which is fine. Crops grow like that. It's supposed to be. But we had this day where it was hot and windy about a week ago. And I get an email from my kids' soccer coaches, from the from the commissioner of the intergalactic soccer empire of Northern California, that soccer practice <laughs> is canceled because they're afraid that it may be windy enough to kick up the dust from the recently plowed fields. Holy shit. Soccer practice canceled due to a fear of potential dust. I, I don't know how much more pussifying we can make our children, but that that was a new record right there. I'll tell you where you went wrong. Um, they're in soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're not old enough for fencing yet. Yeah, can't, can't, can't put them in chess boxing just yet? <laughs> just yet. They need to get a little bit older for that. That lone dart lead fell through. What were your other options? Got to work on that Wu-Tang sword style, man. Yeah, that's as soon as he, they're old enough. Just, a, just an elementary school fight club, I think. It's the best after school program. Make men out of them, even if they're girls. All right, so coming off the what pisses us off, Gord, you got a political rant this week? A brief one, because I seem to recall when we, when we have bands in the house, they don't want to listen to me 
rant politically? I don't think anyone does. Really, I, I kind of do. I, I think you might be surprised. Yeah, we're kind All of right. a political band. And by kind of a political band, I mean we're not. But <laughs> we're the Rage Against the Machine of Nerdcore, except without Zach De La Roca. <laughs> but we do like politics. Well, then I, I will. Uh, I'm going to feel bad about how brief this is. But down here in California, we we've got an election coming up, and the two major contenders for governor are both just pathetic choices. The one redeeming thing about the two of them is both of them have taken a stand for something that I've been saying for a long time. They can't, they just can't pass a budget down here anywhere close to on time. We go months at a time with no budget pass. So both candidates for governor have been saying, when I'm governor, we're going to pass a budget because I'm going to financially punish the legislature for not getting it done on time. One, one candidate saying they'll, they'll cut the wages, the other candidate saying they'll, they'll freeze their wages, but it's the same idea. And I was all happy about that for a minute. And then I remembered one of the greatest political truths my dad ever taught me. And that's when all the candidates agree on something. When someone's elected, you know it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's not, not, not going to happen. Just like when, remember years ago when all the presidential candidates were talking about simplifying the tax code? And Forbes got up there and he held up a postcard. He said, the U.S. tax code is going to fit on the back of a postcard when I'm elected. And my dad's a CPA. And I'm like, Dad, aren't you aren't you worried about this? If the tax code is so easy, everyone can do it. What are you going to do for a job? And he's like, don't worry about it, son. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. And that, my friends, is my political rant. Well done, sir. Thank you. Who are the two uh, candidates for California governor? Well, there's Meg Whitman. Yeah. And there's Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown was actually a governor many moons ago and did a terrible job. Doesn't he it's... always smile and never frowns? <laughs> <laughs> he did make his way into a Cool Dead Kennedy song. I'll give him that. He did. Nice. Um, Which one was the shitty actor? Did? <laughs> yeah, I don't recognize those actors. I don't recognize those actors. What movies have those two? <laughs> They're, they're in some uh, TV uh, infomercials. Can't you guys get Father Guido Sarducci to run again? <laughs> uh, I would so vote for him. <laughs> oh, it's like I want to vote for him. You know, you know what I really want to vote for, though? I don't remember the guy's name, but is it New York? The the guy who's the uh, head of the Rent's Too Damn High party? Oh, sure God. You I see that? The Rent's Too Damn High. That guy with his awesome, awesome mutton chop white sideburns. I want him to be president of my universe. <laughs> I would, uh, God, he would give such great speeches. Can you imagine yeah. the, the, the uh, state of the nation speech by that guy? As an expert in karate, I'm not going to say anything about anyone <laughs> up on here. <laughs> like, really, what, what what more could you ask for? I mean, if the politicians aren't going to do anything, they can at least sing for their supper and, and, and entertain me. <laughs> you know, and, like, maybe, like... I'd love them to run on the resurrect the too soon to die celebrities. You know, like I, I'm gonna go bring these celebrities back to life. You know, like that would be the ticket I'd vote for. It's like you can't do it, but at least I want you to. At least I want you to do what you're telling me you're gonna do. I know you're not going to, but I'm behind that. Like bring River Phoenix back to life. Let's do it. <laughs> but don't tell him any time has passed. <laughs> And then yeah, you, film the whole fucking thing for, you know, A&E. It'll yeah, be great. You've been passed out for two that, weeks. Your brother grew a beard and has a rap career. Deficit. <laughs> All right. Well done. Nice political rant. So, uh, I wanted to take a minute to talk a little bit about Mr. Z, the proprietor of Hipster Please, the blog, and also the creator of the amazing Radio Free Hipster podcast. 
uh, he's coming up on his hundredth episode. So major props, man. We, you know, we here at the Bone Bat Show are. We're total fucking pikers. We're only at 57, so we, we see your epic uh, achievement, and we definitely tip our hat. Death Star Podcast has one on your episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I gave us maybe three, four tops before we just start fighting and never make another one. <laughs> so, Z, tell us, you know, about what you do and your, your projects for folks who aren't familiar with you yet. Oh, uh, sure. Um, HipsterPlease.com actually started out as a sort of a, a personal blog. And uh, shortly thereafter, my son was born, and I realized I didn't have any money. So uh, <laughs> writing was free. So that became my new thing. And uh, around that time, the uh, the Nerdcore hip-hop community was sort of starting to gel online. And there were all of these weird little niche areas where there was kind of some bleed-through uh, geek rock, chiptunes. Uh, even things like Wizard Rock, these really highly specialized areas. And I just kind of decided to be a clearinghouse for information about uh, those artists and their music. And uh, then in 06, I got the idea to do a music podcast. Beefy, you know, your uh, your statesman, Steve, uh, decided to do his own thing, the Just Another Lazy Podcast, and I listened to it. I enjoyed the fact that he was throwing music in there. And uh, there's a cat out of London named Tim who was doing a like remix podcast called Radio Clash that I really liked and I thought you know maybe maybe you can make a music podcast that's you know actually listenable that's not just the same old shit and uh, that's you know four four years later I'm finally coming up on episode n- number 100 I have no idea how the hell I got here uh, <laughs> the early episodes were not good at all and I like to think that I've gotten progressively less bad over the last four years but uh, well, only time will tell Perhaps well, I gotta this say, 100th episode will be the least bad episode I've ever done. <laughs> well, I gotta say, you. The thing I love about Radio Free Hipster is that every episode there's at least one song that blows me away. Where I'm sitting there and like rewinding that song and listening to it five times. And there aren't too many music podcasts I can say that about. So I always appreciate that you find great stuff. And I mean, lately you've been killing it with like the Star Trek episode. The Halloween episode, the first Famous Monsters episode was fantastic. We just interviewed Cheeky Boy for our own Halloween show, and I had not heard Bust a Ghost until I heard it from you. That's fucking amazing, man. Every once in a while, I'll play something, and then the artist will contact me and go, where the fuck did you get that? I I don't even think I have that one. (laughs) it's, It's just, I have this, I am sort of like a sponge. I'm always collecting music and sort of, collating it internally and, and every once in a while this uh, highly themed episode grows out of that and I think those are some of the episodes that I enjoy listening to the most I think it was episode 30 somebody had passed me Will Wheaton's original PAX keynote speech I was like this is great I really ought to cut this up into a podcast and I got done with it and I was like look, well there's no space for me to talk here so I'm just going to run it start to finish just right through like a mixtape and uh, it's like it's one of those I still kind of go back and listen to and think you know maybe I'm not a complete fucking hack after all (laughs) you did that again with the homecoming episode right yeah yeah that was and that was sort of by request I had a couple of friends that like you heard uh, you heard Will's uh, keynote last year right yeah yeah it was really good are you gonna do a mixtape I guess (laughs) am am I supposed to sure why the fuck not I can do that (laughs) And, and for me, 
it's like you listen to music podcasts and half of it's just some guy talking about shit you don't care about. So my solution was to try to limit myself to just a you know, couple dozen words in between the music sets because I figured people don't want to hear me drawl. If they did, you know, I'll read your favorite book for a dollar. But uh, I don't know. I just try to pack in music that I enjoy and just kind of hope that, uh, that other people dig it as well. Well, I got to say, thanks for the great listening, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, sure, occasionally you have filler like Death Star, but other than that. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's so true. No. The white noise of nerd. It was getting too quiet in here. I had to get these guys involved. You I'm said sorry. it, and you uh, said it just before I said it. Every time someone's like, we really like Death Star, we're like, you're the only person. I'm just hypnotized by the dulcet tones of Z. Oh, I mean, I could listen to him read everything. All yeah, the time. Would, you, would you read out of the monster? manual for me so I can, <laughs> I can just like nap oh, yeah, out three <laughs> you, can, you cannot rub one out in here well <laughs> there, oh there are lines that the we bathroom don't cross is just over there the I, mean, I, I won't turn my mic off but i will leave the room <laughs> that's the great thing about sounding like a complete hick is every once in a while i'll say something that sort of comes off as being reasonably intelligent and people are just blown away <laughs> oh my god from the mouths of babes like a vocal smoke screen. Like, oh my god, that hillbilly knows something. Yeah, geez, cosplay, you should start doing that so people listen to you. <laughs> I was just gonna say he can replace me in Death Star. We'll just send him my lyrics. Yeah, and, okay, uh, you heard it here first, folks. I was just waiting for him to relinquish his throne. Uh, <laughs> someone please replace him. Z, you in? He's from Death Star. Yeah. I was say, I, I, we'll, we'll work something out. <laughs> Zed Star? Internet, internet bands can work. If nothing else, Dualcore has taught us that internet bands can definitely work. <laughs> See, first it's a romance between me and Z, and now cosplay's out of the band. You're like the Yoko Ono of Death Star. <laughs> this, is, this is some Beatles shit up in here. You're fucking this band in all kinds of ways. Yeah, now we're going to come out with some like, really, really nerdy track. 42? 42? Bill Beats, of course, still in the band. Sadly. <laughs> Looking for his exit right now. Yeah, the, the most reluctant member of nerd, the nerdcore community right here in house, Bill Beats, dragged <laughs> kicking and screaming away from his legit DJing. That's the thing. I, I love to hear people like piss and moan about how uh, insincere nerdcore is, or about how the, these guys aren't contributing anything to the artistry. And I'm like, you know, most of these people do other shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> And who and who is this? I, I always hear people bitching about the, you know, there's these people that only listen to nerdcore. Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> like, Shut I don't up, know about guys. you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, is I there anybody that only now. listens to nerdcore? I don't know about you. I, this afternoon, I listened to uh, Johnny Thunder's Mastodon and Gregory Abbott. I mean, you know, I, I just I don't. Know. It's these these weird impotent arguments that just. Totally perplexed me, but you know, that's why we have internet. So, oh sure, I mean, I'll sit and hold court about indie hip hop, but not just that. Like, really odd, obscure bands. Like, I will champion Failure till the day I die as one of the most influential bands in like post grunge rock. And then, of course, I go home and I write the nerdiest rhymes known to man. Like, <laughs> what can I say? Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's people talking about the the insincerity and the false facedness of nerdcore. It's the people, I think, who, of course, cosplay gesturing to himself. <laughs> people, 
people who are like, well, it's all an act. It's, it's like, not well, a video podcast. Well, yeah, how, how much gangster rap do you think is posturing versus the truth? I mean, not everyone out there is iced tea. There were plenty of people just dick riding that movement trying to get a career. I mean, it's yeah, thank you, but it's true it's, to it's us. It's not even yeah. It's not even just only hip hop. Not every black metal band really sacrifices goats. Well, yeah, exactly. That shit happens just, all day long. Just the good all ones. music, yeah. I, I'm not convinced that uh, every single black metal band out there really wants to go be a ravening Viking. I, I've seen those guys. They look more like they should be working at a copy shop. But <laughs> yeah, like really, I, I and I, I challenge. Like I hate to like refer back to our own music, but I challenge anyone to say that IRL is not a sincere hip-hop song. It's not a sincere hip-hop song. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> and you, you will meet me... To the challenge you will meet me on the Field of Honor by the code Duello for that. <laughs> but seriously, like that song is very, very true to life for us. It is. It is. And I, I do. I actually... Z, I gotta admit, I in reality, as far as hip-hop goes, I was a metalhead in like a, like a hard rock grunge... And then occasionally boy band listening guy. <laughs> He's not kidding. He's not. No, no, I'm not. So I didn't like hip hop at all, like at all. And then I started listening to hip hop based off of Optimus Rhyme and Front Lot purely. And then when I go up to Three uh, uh, P. And I was like, oh, man, you got to hear this uh, nerd core. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm too busy listening to bands with meaning. And <laughs> well, what can I say? I'm, I, I'm a big fan of indie hip hop. Yeah. So he's come up to be like nerd hip hop at the time. And I was not a nerd core listener at all. I didn't even really know about it. And I'm like, y you realize I'm listening to like Black Star and Atmosphere and stuff like that, right? Like, I like. This is like my aunt coming up to me and saying, "Oh, you like fantasy books? You should really read Harry Potter." <laughs> but then, then he actually heard nerdcore hip hop and some of the acts he liked, and really, there was only it's it's like I'm the last girl at the bar um, at the end of the night. There's not a lot of options for Jess to find a rapping partner for three feet to rap with, and so so he's like, "Well, I'll do it with cosplay, I guess." And, and then, Maybe I can. Can you, help can you rap with a bag over your head? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Well, that's okay. He can't read his lyric sheet fun. then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, back to Z. Since that's what we were talking about. Z. Congratulations on your hundredth episode, man. Many more. Thank you, fellas. So why don't we listen to a tune here? Let's give this a shot. We've never recorded a live tune here. On the... Who did you bring in to play? <laughs> <laughs> on the Bone Bat Show, so this is Death Star with IRL. Silence, meaningful silence at the beginning. Wow. Oh, yeah. Going right into it. Yeah. Chime, my phone ringtone set to ocarina of time Pull on a t-shirt, sure it says something witty Throw on cargo pants and chucks, take the Hyundai to the city Gotta spend a little time at the half price book Look through loose leaf comics, get myself a look At the RPG shelf and the sci-fi bounty Make sure to ask about the graphic novels on the counter Bounce straight, pick up a bite to eat at the jack Sit alone with my burger and a doggy paperback No stress, no worries, just uncomplicated living Back to my compact when I'm finished with my living Gotta make a quick stop at the P.O. 
Netflix to drop off BSG season 3 Go to the comic shop Check my box for new additions Preaching powers to the people is my mission We take it slow Keep the load of the ground Don't sound like much But it's living Just keep asking around We take it easy On topics lying profound Preach the virtues of the nook of life For which we're renowned Take it slow Keep the load of the ground Don't sound like much But it's living Just keep asking around We take it easy On topics lying profound Preach the virtues of the nook of life For which we're now. Pay less for our kicks, frugal moves With our bills, predilection for PlayStation Puts our pennies to the skills with joysticks Twitching ticks, single shot kills Stop and play and trade and haggle with the Barkers and the shills, my distraction walks in Mushroom on her chest, shoot the breeze You know my steam, seized by banner and press By the end I got her MySpace, Facebook Email and Twitter, with a wink she's in The midnight was the best time to hit her Side five to the clerk, then I'm in my Elantra, turned the tune to front a lot Got me rocking the mantra Strange looks from the homies in the 6-4 Impala. Back to the Shire, it's a studio loft. Terry Bogart cap placed on the bus, the Lara Croft. Hot pocket heating up, hop on the forms of Fark. DM from the cutie honey, chatter up until dark. We take it slow, keep it low to the ground, no sound like much. But it's living, just keep asking around. We take it easy, on topics lying profound. Preach the virtues of the nickel life for which we're renowned. Take it slow, keep it low to the ground, no sound like much. But it's living, just keep asking around. We take it easy on topics light and profound. Preach the virtues of the Nurko life for which we're renowned. Sunset, Tebow's ready doll, house on demand. BitTorrent, new Naruto episodes from Japan. Flip on the 360 Modern Warfare 2. T-bagging those our poems, son, you know how we do. Draw some mana from the discard pile, by that I mean clothes. Do the laundry, cause the cloud kill is straight killing my nose. Leave the quarters on the dryer, once reserved for Neo Geo. Update my Facebook status. Doing chores is dildos. Comment from the cutie, also cleaning a pad. She's a wagon filled with pancakes and I sing like strong bad. LOL at my antics when she checks out the link. For the win, and she's asking me tomorrow for drinks. Grab some prom before I power down alone in my bed. Got a grip of good memories streaming in my head. Cutie honey on my mind while I sleep like the dead. Today was a good day, like you said. We take it slow, keep it low to the ground. Don't sound like much, but it's living. Just keep asking around. We take it easy on topics light and profound. Preach the virtues of the nigga life of which we're renowned. Take it slow, keep it low to the ground. Don't sound like much, but it's living. Just keep asking around. We take it easy on topics light and profound. Preach the virtues of the nigga life of which we're renowned. Fucking badass, oh, man. Nicely done. That, that is amazing. stressful. That is stressful. I feel like I'm recording in Bill Beats's basement right now, and it is terrifying. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> well done, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. We're awesome. You have everything you need? Oh, no, I'm all good. I, Beer? Could, no, I, I could use a lady. Yeah. Do you got a lady? <laughs> I don't have me? a lady. Okay. Lady. Were they looking particularly peaked after No, no, nah, yeah. He, he was looking a little parched in the middle there. Yeah. I want to hook a brother up if I can. No, I'm just a very dry. I prop now. cosplay up halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> He's is, is your neck too cold? Do you need me to get you a scarf? I fucking hate you. I do not need a goddamn <laughs> scarf. <laughs> Fuck scarves. I should have talked about scarves for things to piss me off. It's your neck. Hate... It's so cold. I fucking hate scarves in general. So, guys, tell me about Death Star, man. <laughs> How'd you guys get started? A... Oh, that was a weird stuff. Okay, so we started. <laughs> I, I don't know how you segue from scarves to Death Star, but I'm going to do that yeah. shit. Watch. Will, Just will you watch. Call your next nice DP scarf country. <laughs> <laughs> Trust us, because people are like, oh, it's gently cold up here. Let's all wear scarves. Death scarf, man. De death scarf, done. <laughs> I'm going to make you a we scarf out of duct tape. <laughs> wearing that You're scarf gonna is going to offset these skin-tight girl jeans I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Bill Beats knows the story best, of course, since he was there for the inception of Death Star. Sadly, again. <laughs> no. Death Star started uh, because 3P and I had been friends for a while. And he'd seen me be in terrible band after terrible band. It's true. And uh, so he's like, I want to be in a terrible band with uh, cosplay. And so we <laughs> that, that started was my that thought part. process. That's all right. it. No, uh, we worked together, and I was getting into nerdcore and the concept of the fact that, you know, maybe you could write hip hop lines about nerdy things and have it not come off as like one big parody. And it's not like I'm an artist in any sense of the word. I'm not. I'm a comedian, apparently, according I, to Kirby Crackle. I, I'm not going to object to the fact yeah. that you're not an artist. Yeah. I mean, Steve <laughs> is looking at me right now like, you have anything to say about that? No, I'm going to let him continue hanging himself. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm a comedian. I'm not an artist. But I, I was like, oh, it's cool. I could do this and not seem like I'm just doing it to parody. And, like, in six months, I'm going to go away. And then um, 3P came out. And since he's actually a huge fan of, like, really serious, artistic, meaningful hip-hop, once I got him to listen to some of it, I guess you can describe your emotions better well, than uh, me. Okay, when, when I first started hearing Optimus Rhyme and Front A Lot, uh, my impression was, like, I wasn't blown away by a lot of what they were doing. Because, I mean, I, I admit that I was an indie hip-hop bitch. Like, I, I was listening to... Atmosphere, percussions, uh, Brother Ali, idea and abilities, you know, a lot of indie artists, uh, you know, Blackstar, those types, where th they were truly talented lyrically and they were using mainly like lo fi beats and getting their message across through lingual dexterity, very good flow, and just a very strong concept message. And I was writing hip hop lines on my own to de stress, not with any goal in mind. But to uh, to sort of get stuff off my chest, I would put it in rhyme form. You could actually, I actually could have wrapped it all out, but never really had any ambition on the subject. And then cosplay was introducing me to these bands like Frontalot and Optimus Rhyme, and I had an admiration for what they were doing. But it was like, I guess it took me by surprise so much that I wasn't quite prepared to embrace it, and so I rejected it, like people so often do with things that are new. Like Once, the new Coke. Yeah, like the new Coke and that the, was new, a delicious and the new math and the new Mexico. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, they still take pesos, I hear. But we, we were having a conversation at work when he was talking about Nerdcore, and I just kind of out of the blue said, you know, legitimately, like, we could really do this. Like, you and I, we're not so white that we couldn't rap about nerd stuff. And we formulated a plan that was very, very poorly executed to writing songs where we were literally just like coming up with lines that were unattached to anything and song concepts that now are so pedestrian to nerdcore that they're almost embarrassing. But this was back in, was it 2006 that we really first started piecing this together? No, no, I think it was last week. It was last, um, was it it was last, last week. week <laughs> yeah, uh, all those previous shows we'd done were by accident. We just showed up and we're like, I can rap with you. It's an open mic, right? Uh, Happens in movies all the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, it was, yeah, it was late 2006, early 2007, and it promptly was followed through by us not writing, completing, or doing any actual songs until well, about... <laughs> we went about it the wrong way. We had no beats. We were just trying to write what we thought were clever lyrics. You're, you're never going to get a song down that way. And so... Uh, I was in a much worse band at the time as well. Um, I realized that uh, the only way to really get us off our ass with this was to um, book us a show. And so I booked us a show 
like two and a half months out, and I'm like, great, now we need to write like nine songs yeah, in two and a half it's months. It's important to note them. that we had we had memorized nothing. We had finished two songs, <laughs> and we were searching for beats for some of the others. So literally, we had booked a show when we did not properly exist as a band. Yeah, and um, this was back before Bill Beats was in the uh, band. No. So fast forward a little bit, we performed that show and then promptly did nothing for six months after that. We rested on our laurels. Well, it's important to note that we had an impression of what we were going to be doing that was, uh, at best, people were going to go. Longest origin story. Yeah. <laughs> at best, people were going to go and they were going to be amused. Does somebody by what get we were bitten doing. by a radioactive something soon? Yeah, yeah. It's, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. The Those gamma radiation. Would wrap the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we thought at best we were we were going to make people laugh and they were going to enjoy themselves and then we were going to go home and we would eventually record our songs and release them on the internet and laugh about the time we were an internet you know nerdcore hip hop band. We had our show, and people were actually really enthusiastic, including people who had heard our stuff before but never seen us at a show. And so the, the, the reaction was so overwhelmingly positive that we went into complete hibernation and did not touch the band for months. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so once we got regularly performing, after about three shows with an iPod as our DJ. DJ the iPod. Yeah, we were like, we need a DJ. And so, conveniently, one worked for me. And so... <laughs> But it started out as, oh, man, we need some place to record this. And unknowingly, <laughs> Bill Beats was like, yeah, you could come over, whatever. I'm not doing anything. And you then come like, to my recording bat cave. <laughs> it's true. And then, Did he offer many... to show you his etchings? Is that how he got you in there? Does <laughs> <laughs> this seem kind of creepy? <laughs> Bill Beats, uh, I'll give you a ride home in my van. How long did it take? <laughs> There's candy. You step into my van, it's got no windows. That's a familiar line for Kickstarter. <laughs> um, how long did it take for us to even get the four-song uh, Soldiers of Fortran EP? I don't even remember. I think I blanked it out. Was it as long as the entirety of the album? No, the album itself took like four straight months of us just sucking out loud That's on the true. mic. <laughs> and... Uh, Bill Beats and figuring out how to record with Bill Beats, but the important note is that we shanghaied him into the band, and little by little he gave over until finally he succumbed to the Stockholm syndrome of being our DJ and performs with us all the time. It helps that his young ass aged to 21, so he can actually play in the clubs that we play at. He is yes. so young, so young to be subjected to this kind of band. <laughs> Subjected to this kind of band. It's like we're child molesters, which again relates to the yeah, album. Yeah, seriously. Um, DJ O'Connell line over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, as DJ far as an origin story. As far as an origin story goes, like the, the short version, Steve liked Nerdcore, I liked hip-hop, I had to be convinced of its merits. We started doing it, and now we can't stop. Yeah. Which is really sad. And you don't stop. No, we can't, we won't, and we don't stop. <laughs> so how about another tune, guys? Wow, already? All right. I'm, I'm well, afraid. Are uh, we going to do the new one? Yeah, we'll, we'll do a new one. This is from our forthcoming EP, uh, Geek Softly. Uh, I think we're going to have to change that to Nerd Softly, nerd, based nerd, off the conversation. Nerd Softly, because it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, do, so do you sense. really want to alienate Z? Yeah. There's no, no way he'll put that shit we on already, the show. We were already shocked enough he reviewed our album, and uh, by the way... I think we said this on email. If you ever want, whoever's listening to this, if you ever want your music actually properly reviewed, send it to Z. Because <laughs> that, that was the most awesome, real, like, thorough. Like, we were thinking you were going to write, like, a paragraph, like, meh, it's okay. And then that was it. <laughs> now, he went into detail about both the benefits of listening to Death Star and the drawbacks. It was like watching a commercial for some sort of medication. 
<laughs> I did. I talked really fast through the entire last paragraph with uh, anal leakage. And, uh, I think I think Just start really making vertigo, no, dumb dumb fever. Honestly, guys, I, I have a lot of respect for anybody who, knowing my work, will hand me their album to devour and destroy and then crap out on the page because that's pretty much the creative process for me. <laughs> Good. I mean, there should be someone out there, like, legitimately and objectively kind of looking at it, because there's both sides of it. There's the people that immediately dismiss Nerdcore, and then there's that urge within the Nerdcore community to just blanket accept and promote anything, like, that it's all getting an even level of effort. And I'm not going to call any specific artists out. I mean, you do what you can with the experience you have. And, you know, people put out their best effort on things, or at least you hope that they do. But, you know, I'm going to admit that there are some tracks on Phantom Menace that I like less than other tracks. Oh, and I feel agreed. like both people saying, oh, it's all garbage because it's nerdcore, or people being like, oh, I love it, it's all nerdcore. Both of those upset me equally as a performer because that doesn't help me be better at this. To, to put it as crudely as I possibly can, I can pay a prostitute to tell me I'm a great lay, but I really want to find some slagged-out, used-up slut to tell me how, that I'm actually improving in bed. And that is what you are to us. <laughs> it's, it's really all I'm looking for, fellas. It's all I've, you don't know how long I've wanted someone to tell me that. <laughs> Single glycerin tear right out of the corner. I am your Romeo. <laughs> so getting back to this song that we're going to perform This is coming out on our next EP The song is about being A drug dealer of video game power up items It is called Social Apothecary Hey kitties gather around The man with the goodies is here Here, here, Allow myself to introduce myself, a charm-kissed pharmacist with a tale to tell. Cross the pass of many heroes on the road to fail. Once pretentious purchase and my paladin prevails, I'm in sales, but I don't run a retail location. Find it easier to progress in my chosen vocation. When the chips are down and the odds are high, see me standing in the shadows with a way to get by. Twist a tragedy to triumph, turn your want to win. Turn the tables on the terribles, must to their chagrin. I'm the edge that you're after, I'm the shiniest slice. Pure perfection, profit properly at a premium price. I move a medley of mushrooms from red to green. Market many marumaris and a mingling of beans. I peddle in potions that protect and parry. I'm known to some, but not to many. Use a social apothecary. Social apothecary dealing in champions. Got the power of items for performance enhancements to exceed in the D. Yeah, I got what you need. Won't mislead, true indeed. Guaranteed to succeed. I'm a social apothecary dealing in champions. Got the power of items for performance enhancement to exceed in the D, yeah, I got what you need, won't mislead, true indeed, guaranteed to succeed. Path to my victory, paid with good intentions, whispers and mansions of skill boost inventions, procurements for the progress of this paladin's quest, go from bastard to the best, become better than blessed, cape feather got me flying high, I'm feeling invincible, take a star hit, and I'm shiny and colorful, so beautiful, in a hammer brother suit, indestructible, collecting lives and loot, 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 gold coins on a fire flower Friday, super Saturday, spent stoned in a big way, big world always seems to out 
don't size me. Humongous on fungus goes from shy guy to MC. It's easy. Get hooked on the success, princess and riches lead to strung out excess. Pick battles just to prove my powerful prowess. Addicted to the ah fuck. Social apothecary dealing and jam has got the power of items for performance and answer to exceed in the deed. Yeah, I got what you need. Romans lead you indeed, guaranteed to succeed. I'm a social apothecary dealing and jam has got the power of items for performance and answer to exceed in the deed. Yeah, I got what you need. Romans lead you indeed, guaranteed to succeed. Pack. Big stack, cause I got a mega need, screw attack Got your back, satisfaction guaranteed Spirit balls, got them all, halt a beast for the masses Hit the pow, hit the pow, knock, knock them flat, flat on their, their asses. asses It's right, why not go from 3 to 30 Power pallet, yeah sell it Ghost riding dirty, heart container, no brainer Gotta keep me alive, red elixir I'm your fixer, now you're gonna revive The great responsibilities that come with power Tend to tower over my ability So why defeat power, sweet to sour To defeat varieties, emissions laid at my feet I'll acquiesce to my addiction before I accept a fee. Please to make your acquaintance, I'm sure you'll journey far. Always ready with a remedy, a power-up star. Though the wares may change and the fees may vary, you will find what you need with a social apothecary. I'm a social apothecary. The lineage hammers got the power of items for performance enhancement to exceed in the deed. Yeah, I got what you need. Won't mislead you indeed, guaranteed to succeed. I'm a social apothecary. The lineage hammers got the power of items for Performance enhancement to exceed in the deed. Yeah, I got what you need. What was lead you and be guaranteed to succeed? Hey, folks, this is Steve. And this is Gord. I hope you're enjoying Death Star and Z on the Bone Bat Show. But, God uh, knows I am. One quick thing, though, uh, we'd like to put in your ear. If you're enjoying the show that you're listening to tonight, please drop over to www.podcastawards.com and nominate the Bone Bat Show for a podcast award in the category of comedy. Man, when you said quick thing I want to put in your ear, I didn't know where you were going with that at all. <laughs> Which is par for the course around here. Anyway, all you have to do is go to podcastawards.com, go under the category of comedy, and enter the name of the show, The Bone Bat Show. And the Earl, which is www.bonehand.com slash bonebat.html. That's how you nominate us. Also, nominate some other great podcasts out there. No, don't. Just nominate us. Deadline on this thing is November 21, so do it now. You only get one nomination per ISP, so uh, use your shot wisely. How can you say Earl instead of URL, but when it comes to ISP, you don't call it ISP? (laughs) I don't know. That's a good question. We'll figure that out later. But right now... Let's get you back to the show. Right on. Kick ass. That was almost not tragic. That was almost not tragic. I apologize for not knowing my lines, but that's pretty standard for a Death Star live performance. So you're getting the realistic. That's okay. The first version just would have had me like forgetting a line and then like limping along, going for a few seconds. So. <laughs> At least it was cosplay who sounds like he fucked up in this version. <laughs> <laughs> Feel 
Beach, are you actually scratching on some of this? Like, I heard scratches. That was the shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so rare in nerdcore that there's an actual physical well, DJ. What's funny is during our shows, through the monitors, we can't hear him do it. So it's so easy for us to assume that he's just not doing just anything. Just presses play and stands behind two records. Yeah, but but he's back there like scratching and like, putting in all this effort. And we're just like, what? what is he doing back there? He's like holding up a record and flipping you off behind it. <laughs> just kind of like, God, I wish I was in a different band. It's a mitten scarf. Just a fucking goad you. <laughs> so tell us about the new EP, man. Um, okay, so the new EP, which has tracks on it that I can't remember. I remember two of them. All right, um, so, so the new EP has a bunch of tracks that people at our shows will know, but th- that people who just have our album don't. It's obviously got Social Apothecary. Uh, it's got a song in there called Mashiara, which is a rad, nerdy Robert Jordan reference about uh, lost love. We're putting Your Mom on there, which is a filthy extended Your Mom joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, comedians, not so much with the artists. Gord, is there any way that we don't play that song on the show? Yeah, it's pretty much got to be on the show. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> right there. That's a fait accompli. I think it's a law. Yeah, trust me, uh, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> it's a fait of mom plea. <laughs> oh, beautiful, Steve. Wow. Thank you. There's a couple others on there that I can't remember, neither can he, but it's coming out. Theoretically, over this next month, we'll be able to record most of this right. now that it's all finished. But we're probably um, also putting our version of Billy the Fridge's Cadillac Rolling Fat on there, because yeah. Billy does a song called Cadillac Rolling Fat with uh, Bad Cousin and his hype man Timmy, but when neither of them are there and we do a show with him, oftentimes we go and do our own verses, and we're more than half the song at that point. So. I saw that shit. Yeah. You guys yeah. opened for Frontwalk. Yeah, or when, when Beefy and Billy opened. When Beefy and Billy opened, we got up and did that with him. And so we recorded a version of that song that'll go on there. And probably we'll probably do a remix of one of our tracks as well. Just kind of mix it up and, and trying to get Ronald thing. Rhymes, a.k.a. Bill Beats, up there yeah. for some... Uh, he doesn't like to talk as a DJ. Maybe as an I, MC. I already have too much work to do. I didn't even know we were going to do another EP. <laughs> <laughs> can I back out of this now? No, no, Just showing up in the basement to record songs for no reason. It's nice when they tell you this shit, right? I know, right? Yeah, yeah. he doesn't know a lot about the band, which is probably best, because the more he knows, the more he doesn't want to be in it. <laughs> you say well, that. Like whenever he asks, like so what are you, do, do you kind of do the, don't worry your pretty little head about it. Yeah. Is that what you... Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, more, it's more about like... We'll tell tech, you when you're older. Like yesterday, for example, around like 5, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we're performing Social Apothecary last night and for the first time. And that's when I send him the beat and say, hey, you need to cut this up again so that it actually matches with the lyrics that we wrote. <laughs> like a few hours before we had to actually go to the show. And I'm like, yeah, just handle it. And he's like, what? <laughs> just, just take care of it. You're a DJ. Just do some DJ things. Just cut it up. Whatever you guys do. Okay. Right. Oh, we're going to try and put ludicrous speed on that EP, too, oh, aren't God, we? Oh, God, no. Yeah, our, our yeah. fastest song, yeah. we're going to try. At two minutes long, it still probably contains more lyrics than any other Death Star yeah, song. Um, it's that fast. You know, I'm just going to put a date to it. Let's see if we can get it out by December 19th. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's just put a date to it. That yeah. way we have people to disappoint. Yeah. Uh, Don't we have a show that day? Yeah, we do. We do. That's that's well, we that have, works. So, so that's a show. It's a show that we've got locked down. It's in December, so it gives us a little bit of time. You're gone for like 10 days, but that's, 12. The, yeah, that's middle, not November. unlike the uh, Phantom we don't, Menace. We don't need them on the album anymore. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> well, actually, what, what, what you don't need is me to be at the recording studio as long, is, is what you're talking about. I'll have my lines all done, and cosplay will be struggling to uh, rap me. Yeah, well, that's because I'm not an artist. You are. Yeah, I, I am an artist. <laughs> my art, as, as we say, mm-hmm. is strong.
Okay, so uh, the show on December 19th, where's that going to be? Yeah, our next official show, though we might land something randomly in November, our next official show is December 19th. It's at the Play and Trade uh, Video Games again in uh, Kirkland, Washington. So for all of you people that live out of state, you know, just fly on down. Yeah, just just come oh. on out to this video game store. <laughs> They're uh, like a franchise video game group of stores, and uh, we did a show there beginning of summer yeah i think um and then uh we did we did one down in their tacoma store and if we can and if play and trade actually ever gets the battle the beast of gamestop slash eb games and gets popular enough we will gladly become their corporate shill of a nerdcore band (laughs) and rap whatever they want us to rap absolutely we have a special relationship with play and trade that i think i've been instrumental in by not doing anything yeah uh cosplay of course (laughs) Cosplay, not so helpful in doing all the work with establishing the relationship with Play and Trade, but they've been really awesome people to us and have been very strongly encouraging of us like going and performing at their venue. Well, I love when you play there because literally it's just down the street for me. So. Yeah. That is the most convenient thing ever to go see a live show. It's down the street from two out of the three members of this group, too. (laughs) What's awesome is that uh, our our playing there actually revealed a weakness, a flaw, if you will, in their security settings on, on their store. We, uh, we destroyed a security camera last time with the power of our rap. <laughs> yeah, our audio shook their security camera to disablement. And, and so... that, that was a great show, too, because Cosplay actually, during a break in the song, went and bought a video game during the song. And I think he wrote a check. Yeah, no, no, it was a debit card. Strangely enough, apparently I didn't actually pay for it because the guy came up to me and asked credit or debit when he handed it back to me. And I just nodded at him and took the game because I was busy like actually performing at the time. That's how I roll. It was it was it was Batman Arkham Asylum and it was worth it. And so uh, I don't regret taking time out of our show to buy. Not at all. That was an awesomely cool move, man. The problem with handing us wireless mics is the cosplay will stray from the stage (laughs) and may not come back. He will rap his parts. But no one will necessarily know where he is. It's like when I was rapping from the back of the uh, plane train. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very confusing for the that's audience all, when there's great. a voice over the PA, but they don't know where it's yeah, coming from. Yeah, it's just from. me up front. But yeah, we've also got um, some other things out. Uh, we have something, uh, Zombie Shuffle single EP with Gonkin, where we do a remix of his Zombie Shuffle song. Yeah, Gonkin's a buddy of ours. We've, uh, we've done a show with him, and he's a really cool guy, and he asked us to guest on his track, Zombie Shuffle, which he's planning on doing a video for that we're going to be featured in. Yeah, and so we'll link up to that on our site. And then um, there's this other collaborative thing that we kind of half-assed. Yeah, we sort of shat this one. Yeah, uh, it's like this thing that like this dude in this weird state with this jacked-up accent asked us to do. Yeah. Um, I have tribute, no idea. What tribute for some band called Optimus Prime or something. Optimum Price. Is Optimum that Price, name? the cash register transformer. <laughs> Yeah. And so, like, there's other stuff, and uh, we're doing some other things that don't yeah, have. We're, 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 yeah, we're doing. A, Z may not know that we're doing the five by five Optimus Rhyme tribute, but we are. Uh, we, we we sent in our cover of Ford versus Chevy recently, so that's exciting. With based on no request whatsoever. Yeah, no, no request whatsoever. We just submitted to the project. Um, stuff stuff just pops up in my inbox. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. This is all. We're this also this shit. we're also <laughs> we're also working with our buddy Cloth and Pop, who's another nerd car artist and producer to do a, uh, a cover album of all cheesy late 80s and early 90s uh, nerdy hip-hop tracks like from movies. We're doing uh, Vanilla Ice's Ninja Rap, and we're going to try and sneak in a little Top That from Teen Witch. 
he himself is doing uh, the Ninja Turtles theme from the original Ninja Turtles movies, but we've got people doing like the Ghostbusters 2 song by Bobby Brown. Someone's doing Men in Black, right? Yeah, someone's yeah. doing Men in Black. It's it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And there'll be like proceeds that go to some sort of charity. <laughs> Probably Child's Play. We, we don't really pay attention to why we do these things, but uh, but we, we get asked yeah. to do them, and then we just like create art. If you will. Also, uh, later tonight we'll be on the Bone Batch show. <laughs> <laughs> I heard something about that. Yeah, we were thinking about showing up. And I'm so going to be uh, playing Mass Effect 2 even later tonight, so if people want to show up for that, that's going to be pretty awesome. That's a better Bobby excuse boxers. for forgetting your lyrics than I bit my penis. <laughs> I'm thinking about Mass Effect 2. Come on. <laughs> so uh, you didn't say, and there will be a link on the Bone Bat page, but what's your website again? DeathStarHipHop.com. Updated re- frequently. Updated <laughs> <laughs> very frequently. <laughs> um, uh, DeathStarHipHop.com, or you can go to Facebook, and we're Death Star Hip Hop, or you can go to MySpace, and it's Death Star Hip Hop, or Twitter, or YouTube. It's always Death Star Hip Hop. We were surprised when DeathStar.com was taken. Um, oh, yeah, quite, <laughs> quite surprised. <laughs> uh, less surprisingly, Death Star Hip Hop not really taken. Yeah. So, um, of course, the problem with that is since we're Death Star Hip Hop everywhere, there are a lot of places that assume that the band name is Death Star Hip Hop. The way that they assume that Cosplay's name is MC Cosplay. Yeah, which... Which it is. And, and, and how I frequently get called MCC3PO, which seems like a complete waste <laughs> of a joke. No one calls Bill Beats MC Bill Beats, no. though, because he doesn't so I, talk. Not yet. No. Not yet. <laughs> I think MC DJ Bill Beats is probably like the best way to do that. There you go. All right, so why don't we do a little multimedia triage, uh, talk about what we're digging on this week. Gord, we have some unfinished business from the last episode. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. What, what business was that? Guillermo del Toro wrote a book with Chuck Hogan, the second in a series called The Fall, which we started to review and then you totally pussed out and (laughs) hadn't finished the book. (laughs) And so how do you really feel, Steve? And and so we we need to take care of that now. So what did you think of The Fall, man? Oh, you know, the first book was just great. I just devoured it. So I was kind of in the back of my head worried that this one wasn't going to be as good. Yeah. Worry not. This book is fan freaking tastic. It it starts on one level and gets more and more and more tense until the very end of the book. Where I am practically tearing the book in half because I'm white knuckling the book, finishing it. Great book. I cannot freaking wait for the third book to come out. I don't want to talk about what happens in the book because I don't want to give anything away. Just vampires and apocalypse and buy it. Ugh. Wow, you liked it a lot more than I did. Um, Really? The first book was fucking amazing. The second book, I really liked it, but I thought it almost had that Back to the Future 2 feel about it. Like it was a little bit of filler story to get to the third book. And there was some formulaic things that happened in the plot that I was like, really? Just kind of power of mythy stuff that I was kind of, wow, really? You, You... because you always think, when you think of Guillermo del Toro, you think of, like, the most original shit on the block. That guy yeah. blows minds for a living. And then... Kind of like you blow something else for a living. <laughs> yeah. I uh, love your work. Anyway. <laughs> I just... I, I can't wait to read the third one. I did enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I would have liked it. Man, you got a problem, man. No, I, it was... It was just easy. I'm not saying it was a piece of shit. It was a good book. But... You know, coming off the first one, the first one was just unputdownable, if that's even a word. It is. Uh, yeah, it is I think it is. And this book, I, I was kind of, okay, I got to finish this. So, 
Yeah, I, I didn't like it as much as I, wa- I wanted to, but I'm uh, definitely I'm on board for number three. Yeah, it's like the last quarter of that book. I I think I read in one sitting. It just it ramped up, it sped up. Things just kept getting worse. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't see anything in here about what the third one's going to be called. But, uh, yeah, I, I still recommend the series. Holy shit, it's good. But, yeah, the second book I thought we're limping to the story three, which is probably going to be awesome. Well, yeah, you know what? The other book I started to bring up last show, and then you just pooped all over. I'm going to talk about it now. Squirrel Seeks Chipmunk by David Sedaris. Okay. I read it. I like it. It's like Aesop's t- uh, fables written by someone that's not afraid of blood and guts and wants everything to have an unhappy ending. It's it's very funny. It's It's a bunch of little stories with absolutely no morals to them, I think, about animals and human situations and usually there's an anal leech or or someone gets disemboweled or something and i i recommend it disemboweled make me laugh disemboweling is good yeah there's there is disemboweling that happens i'm interested in the anal leeching part uh, can we describe that portion cosplay yeah. thought you said anal bleaching uh. <laughs> apparently there there's a leech that spends its entire life inside the anus of a hippo and that's in this book Wow. Is, one part- is it one particular leech? I mean, does he have a yes, name? Yes, his name is Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Literally one. I'm just excited that because it's a fable, there's a lesson to be learned here. No, no lesson. It's just a lesson a fable. Is, don't get an ass leech, I think, is, uh, <laughs> yeah. is what he's going for. I think the lesson is it's okay to have an ass leech, as long as you name it. <laughs> All right, well, Z, is there anything you're digging on this week? I'm uh, still sort of reeling from a review I did recently for Adam Warlock's The War for Infinity, which is a hip-hop album in the nerdcore style, as the kids are saying. And so, roughly themed around the 90s Marvel comic event, uh, The Infinity Gauntlet. Warlock's got a really good flow, fantastic production by a cat named Ruckus Roboticus, and uh, Adam actually played with uh, Kirby Crackle over on uh, my side of the country at New York Comic Con recently, and uh, there may or may not be a collab in the works between uh, those two acts. Oh, cool. You know, I'm I'm actually watching a couple of things on TV that are, that are a little bit more mainstream that I feel I need to bring up just because I would have never watched... Well, okay, one thing is kind of mainstream. Have you watched The League, Steve? I have not. All right. I think it's on FX. I would have completely ignored it, but someone kept pestering me to watch it. And the setup sounds really bland. It's about a fantasy football league, and it's a sitcom. But it is really freaking funny. The last episode I watched, there was a toilet seat made out of cocaine. (laughs) And there was man-on-man sex in a uh, car towards the end. It's not something you see on TV every day. It sounds not like on my, my TV. fantasy football is what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> now, was the toilet seat made out of Coke like the uh, van made out of pot? Yeah, the, you know, I forgot about Cheech and Chong fame? Chong. Yeah, kind of. There was this guy that gets addicted to sitting on the toilet. He doesn't realize the toilet seat is made out of Coke. And he's so his just... ass is leeching the Coke? Yeah. Almost as if there was an ass leech. Yeah. <laughs> how I bring shit back? No, his ass was not cleaving the coke, right? Wow. <laughs> Way to bring it full O-ring. <laughs> full O-ring. Oh, nice. That's going in the fucking lexicon right there. And I've been watching Venture Brothers, which continues to be uh, excellent. I, it's what, Venture season Brothers. three, season four now? 
four, I that, think. That show just is consistently good. I recommend it. I'm really looking forward to Archer. It's still not as good as Archer, but that's still a couple months away. So until then, watch some Venture Brothers. And a comic book I didn't even know was coming out. I saw in the store the other day, grabbed it. It's pretty cool. Kick-Ass number two. We're starting another another series, another kick story in it, the Kick-Ass universe. And that, and that's actually worth picking up because I've been on the fence. Yeah, is it? it is. I'm very iffy on Mark Miller. Like, he... He tries too hard, in my opinion. He, he really, really badly wants to be Frank Miller, and <laughs> he's not. He's not. But uh, but but when he when he stops trying so hard, he's great. Like, you know, he's done some amazing work, and uh, and I was hoping that Kickass Two would be good. Yeah, what's the one he was doing just before this? It marketed itself as um, like from the makers of Kickass makes Kickass look like shit or something like that. I was unimpressed with it. I can't even remember the name of it. Some white cloaked ninja assassin, something or other. Yeah. Utterly forgettable. Yeah, I can't recall. It, it, a lot of his stuff blurs together, and when I'm not interested, I dismiss it. And I, I make it sound like I'm a huge detractor. Like I thought he did amazing stuff. Like he's, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm not confusing. Is he's responsible for Superman Red Sun, which is one of my all-time favorite alternate universe comics. But. He's one of those guys, when he's on his game, he's great. When he's off his game, he's terrible. Kind of like Garth Ennis goes to extremes sometimes where it's like they're so famous for their talents that they kind of give in to their worst natures. And, of course, everybody wants to be Warren Ellis or or even more, they want to be Alan Moore, and they think that that's the route to go to to get to great comics, and they just kind of overdo it. But then again, I'm jaded sitting up on my high horse for graphic novels. <laughs> Are you still yeah. on the high horse? I, I am way up on that high well, horse. Well, I was on the high horse That was earlier, cosplay. And then he pushed oh, okay. me off of it. Because now that it's about comics, I basically know almost nothing. Yeah, it's, he, he knows what I tell him about yeah, comics. Yeah, that's effectively it. And, though I read Kick-Ass. And 3PO, you said you don't really play a lot of video games. Yeah, so true. you're like one complete nerd like Voltron between oh, the two of it's, you. It's true. The, the, the two of us do join together. We're two halves of a whole. I watch the anime. He reads the books. I masturbate heavily. He masturbates heavily. <laughs> he holds <Yeah>. the camera. <laughs> like, we complete each other in a lot of nerdy ways. It's true. It's why we're married. <laughs> so what are you guys digging on? Bill Beats, what are you digging on? It doesn't have to be nerdy. Currently, um, I've been watching a lot of Dexter, finishing season three right now, so i got to start season four. Don't even know about five yet. We'll see what happens, I guess. Musically right now, actually, I'm going back to listening to Idea and Abilities just because of his recent passing. Yeah, word. Just going through a catalog of him because I own just about anything that he has. Yeah, I've had Firstborn pretty much on repeat. Yeah, exactly. And then... Uh, Cartoon-wise, uh, recently watched Archer, which was amazing. That show is awesome. And went, so funny. When picked up you, Frisky Dingo. They keep finding new ways to laugh watching Archer. Yeah. <laughs> it's so damn hilarious. Oh God, it's, so what do you think of Frisky Dingo? Because that's something I loved, and Steve just completely hated it. He threw up every time I, I mentioned it. I have I've currently only watched one episode. I just got it like three days ago from Amazon. I watched. How do you one watch episode. one episode? That's like eight minutes long. Well, I watched it on Dalt Swim's website, and oh, okay. then uh, my friend showed it to me, and I was like, oh, I should probably buy this, so I just went and purchased it, because they're like 10 bucks for two of them, so, so I don't know, I'm going to go through that soon, and I guess we will see what happens. See, I was a huge fan of C-Lab 2021, up until about like mid-third season, obviously, you know, the loss of Captain Murphy is a loss I still feel very deeply, 
I just felt the show never quite recovered from that. And I never watched Frisky Dingo. And, you know, I, I really should go back and watch it. But Archer, oh my god. That show, every time. Like, I still think back to, like, some amazing lines, like, in Skytanic. It's like, I can't wait until we all burn up in the sky like a big flaming ball, like the, like the sun. It's like, what? This is filled with helium. What part of you guys don't you understand? <laughs> Obviously, the basic premise. <laughs> so great. Oh, and Archer's mom... He's, he's talking about why he won't get a vasectomy, and he goes, uh, well, what if you want grandchildren? Because if I want grandchildren, I'll just scrape up a bunch of your old mistakes and knit them a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that show. So dark. <laughs> so, uh, other than Mass Effect 2, which, I like, I'm one of those video game people who used to be one of those guys that bought things when they came out, day of. And then they sat on my shelf wrapped for like three or four months. And then I realized, wait, if I just wait to buy them, I can spend less money on them. And so um, I'm a little late to the game on a lot of uh, video games. But I'm just plowing through Mass Effect 2 and the significant other. She's uh, working through Prototype. And uh, so, like, once you start playing Mass Effect 2, you don't want to do other things. <laughs> and then uh, television, because I live with a girlfriend, I watch a, a huge amount of very mainstream pedestrian television while working on my laptop. And so um, <laughs> I'm not good for that anymore like I used to, other than, of course... Uh, you know, to continue this podcast, I believe is about Archer. Um, I'll give Archer <laughs> its praises at this point. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I watch anything that's Queen's Blade. No, I'm not. Gonna, okay, so I'm just going to put this in there, and I hope that this makes it to the final edit. It needs to. So there's this anime that came out on Netflix. Watch it now. Which if Netflix, there's uh, Watch It Now streaming just actually released a lot of really good anime that almost no one like unless you actually pursue anime you're not going to know that this exists. It's not like Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, obvious popular. It's not probably ever going to air on Cartoon Network. And so there's a lot of really good, really dark, really adult, not pornographic anime. But then there's this anime called Queen's Blade. And I don't want to talk about the good stuff. You'll just find it online. Queen's Blade is the worst example of Japanese anime I have ever seen. And I challenge everyone to just go to Netflix, watch it now, watch the first five minutes of the first episode, and you will see why it's everything that is both simultaneously terribly wrong and hilariously right about anime at the same time. There's a bunny demon girl... Like, boobs are exposed in the first, like, 30 seconds. They her nipples shoot acid. Her nipples shoot acid. Um, that was a great moment. Someone asked, like, what is the Queen's Blade? And then the character explains it verbally to them. And then it cuts to the intro with telling you what the Queen's Blade is about. <laughs> yeah, there's dialogue, exposition, exposition, and then narration. Yeah, there's that. And then, um, other than that... I'm just going to reread Song of Ice and Fire <laughs> yeah, from Ger Gerard Martin again. As we discovered recently, thinking about A Song of Ice and Fire leads to reading it yeah. again. Because you have to reread the series, of course, when only one book comes out a decade. You're yeah, stuck going back and reading what's already out there. Ugh. Well, speaking of stuff that's both just terrible and hilarious... I mentioned last episode that uh, Troma sent me another movie. <laughs> yes. This is a, a Detroit film directed by uh, Mike Hartman called Heavy Mental. And it, it's it's one of these, you know, it's Troma. So it's got boobs. It's got a bunch of gore. 
And I'm a metalhead, so, you know, I, I immediately have an affinity for this sort of thing. So I thought I'd check it out. And, you know, it, it's one of these movies that doesn't have some of the finer points. It doesn't necessarily worry about if the picture's in sync with the audio or <laughs> if the lines make any sense or anything like that. But it has three awesome things in it. It has a newscaster named Balls McKinsley. <laughs> my parents almost named me Balls McKinsley. Now so, you guys all know my real name and I'm ashamed. It has a badass <laughs> black cop who actually uses the line, freeze sluts. Nice. <laughs> and it has people exploding by being hit with heavy metal. So that alone that is, amazing. is fucking awesome. I need to see this movie now. And so this, this is a film that you need to see. Now, listeners, if you want a free copy of this, on the Heavy Half Hour, I have a contest running right now where you can get a copy. So check that out. Speaking of uh, trauma, Steve, you, you've seen Ferocious Female Freedom Fighters, right? I have not seen that one. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like an Indonesian martial arts film. And they just overdubbed it. That's it. The male lead is Barney Goldstein, the man who talks like Elvis. I'm going to have to watch that. That's amazing. Well, this, I mean, this has like all the crazy trauma stuff. Like, it's this movie, this guy, his name's Ace Spades. His, <laughs> his two gay dads own a guitar shop, and they buy him this guitar that belonged to this famous metal guitarist that went psycho and killed his whole band and then died. And the guitar is possessed. At the same time, his dads are being shaken down by Mrs. Delicious, this woman who's some sort of like a mob queen pin, who is basically threatening to kill all metalheads in Detroit at the Battle of the Bands. I mean, it's just fucking nonsensical. And yet it was awesome. There's this one woman. She's a, one of the enforcers for Mrs. Delicious. Her name's Ginger Snatch. And she's killed. She's killed by the guitarist when he slams her head against the wall. Her brains splatter on the wall and totally coat a photo of B. Arthur. <laughs> Seriously, this movie is the movie to watch. Get a bunch of friends together, drink some beer, and watch this fucking movie. It's hilarious. That sounds amazing. That's that beats anything that I'm grooving on for media right now. I'm, I'm just. I have to see this movie. Here, I'll lend you this one. Oh, amazing. Not a problem at all. It's the convenience of uh, being in the actual Yeah, your local studio. podcast. I'll be seeing him December 19th. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, did you you had one more thing, didn't you, Z? Oh, oh yeah, going back and uh, talking about comics. It's kind of gotten some attention recently, so, uh, you know, which nothing turns off comic readers more than a book actually getting some acclaim, but it's uh, Scott Snyder's American Vampire, and uh, the first, I guess, five issues were actually, they had the regular sort of Snyder's narrative, and they had a backup by Stephen King, which was really gimmicky, but it was a gimmick that kind of worked, because uh, it's the only comic I've ever read that features both Flappers and Wild West Outlaws, and works under the premise that New World vampires are somehow an entirely different species than their European predecessors, and they have different powers and limitations. It's, it's a Vertigo book. The uh, penciling is done by a guy named Raphael Albuquerque, which is worth the price of admission right the fuck there. <laughs> Very cool. I've seen some of the I promo art for I that. I can't imagine that's fantastic. not his Christian name, because who the hell would make that shit up? <laughs> <laughs> and it, did, you, did you want to talk a little bit about the Red Box, Z? Because when I tried to bring this up last episode, Gordon wasn't having it. 
for some reason, okay, I continue to buy Dungeons and Dragons stuff, even though I seldom play anymore on account of, you know, having children and jobs and writing like a fucking demon nonstop, but saw the red box, came out, it was dirt cheap through Amazon, picked up a copy, got it in, and the first thing I noticed is that the little mini player's handbook that they give you is essentially a choose-your-own-adventure book that walks you through generating characters, which is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Yep, that's exactly what that's I was what saying. That's what Steve said. Awesome. And, you know, it's a great way to introduce kids to it. Because I've I mean, got an 8-year-old and 11-year-old. the core player rules. Just right there, just walking through it. Yeah. And it's, okay, what do you do in this situation? And, and that just works so nicely for, you know, and by the end of the book, you've filled your entire character sheet out. It's great. Exactly. It's fantastic. Now, I'm a new tabletop kid because I didn't have friends um, for a long time. So I got really familiar with video games and Japanese RPGs. But um, 3P sort of, before we were even Jazz Star, kept trying and trying mightily trying with a bunch of adults that are gainfully employed with other responsibilities to get any kind of tabletop going ever. Yeah, it was herding cats. That, that is another thing I bring to the band, by the way, is the tabletop cred. Yeah, and so he was, he's been trying and trying, and now we've been successfully playing this campaign for a while. We started with 3.5 edition, 3 and 3.5, and then uh, moved to 4th because the books are in stores and because there are a lot of people that just hadn't played before. It made it easier for the new players. But like with the release of the red box with the character generator with this it's like dd has recently really gone to that concept of let's see if we can get more people to just like want to play this rather yeah. than get it sexually transmitted to them by playing in another <laughs> game because D is the, he, he came up with this theory it's so brilliant so D is an std and this is why nobody i never could conceive of like a group of kids where no one had ever interacted with D&D before at all zero go like five kids going hey let's buy $150 worth of books each and um pour through complicated rules and one of us has to be even better at this so that they can run the game and, and let's all do this together. That's never how it works. It always is somebody or some group of your friends or a couple of your friends are in a D&D group. And they're like, hey, you like fantasy, you like writing, you like whatever is seems akin to D&D. How about you try it out? And then you try it out, and they lather you up in that D&D sauce. And then you get into the... <laughs> and then you're like, wow, this is so great feeling. This, this is kind of hot. rub this does, all over someone Arby's else. Does Arby's have D&D sauce? I think they do. Let me go rub this up. It's off the else. menu, though. <laughs> you gotta ask for it. So you just... The moment you get it, there's people who play it and then want to play it regularly, like myself. Then there's other people who play it enough. And like 3P says... You get to the point where you're like, I'm tired of playing in these other games. I should run my own game. And then you're like, okay, I'll get three standard players, and let's get some two new people in here. And it just sort of spreads like that. And they're getting it to a point where you can almost go, maybe someone might play this game when no one in the group has played this game. Like, maybe they play Magic but never play D&D. Or maybe they play Warhammer and, well, they're too broke. But um, maybe, they play, <laughs> maybe they play Warhammer and a relative died, so now they can afford to Yeah, it's like, I, I can play Warhammer or I can buy a house. <laughs> That's about the size of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one or the other. And, and so I really, really like a lot of things. I know I'm new, so I don't have any of the, well, first edition or, or like, second edition or whatever. Yeah, no one but, likes those guys anyway, by the way. 
away those fuckers. That's the that's the funny thing for me. Like I, I and I know people are gonna hate to hear this, but I love to hear people bitch about fourth edition because it's like homecoming for me. <laughs> because it's like it's like you guys understand that this rage isn't your own, right? You inherited from you know all of us that were bitching when third edition came out, yeah. And uh, which of course we got from the guys who went second edition. This is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, right, <laughs> Thacko. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I'm I'm really really happy that it seems to be expanding. I don't know what the rest of the country is like, but up here, umpteen dozens of people have been like, oh yeah, I just started playing Magic a few a few months ago, and to get people involved in D&D is so much easier now, so you can get them into tabletop. It took a little while for like fantasy movies and comic book movies and everything to sort of spread. As nerdcore artists, we benefit from things becoming more accessible, and so much like the mention of if there's any notoriety about a book comic fans hate it you got to really take a reverse look at that and just pray that everybody tries and reaches that audience and then it becomes better because more people do it and you can do it with other people and one day i'll run a campaign about a high school where i play the quarterback and, <laughs> and i get to sleep with the cheerleader you know and then someone's like i want to play the nerd class because he has extra math power or something like that well, I, I want to speak real quick. I think it was Gord who had mentioned you keep buying D&D stuff even though you rarely play. That wasn't me. That yeah, was that, that Z, was me. Was Z, that you was said me. that? All right, yeah. sorry to confuse the two of you since you look so similar in this room. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the accents. It's the yeah. accents. They sound uh, but the but uh, you say you keep buying it and, uh, and, not, and not playing and wondering why you keep buying it. Uh, I had read a great article on, I think it was a Critical Hits blog, where... Uh, Someone had written, and Critical Hits, I, I think that's the name of the blog. It's, it's actually written by industry professionals. It's not just Joe Random, I'm in a blog about D&D, but actual people who work in the gaming industry. Uh, writing about how, even though he rarely played anymore, he continued buying game books and manuals, and he was uh, examining that, like, why do I keep doing it? And he realized he still gets a great deal of pleasure from just reading the books like you would any other reference material, which I can sort of speak to because I have a huge collection of RPG books that I've never used in any game that I've ever played, but I collect them anyway, partially out of that obsessive-compulsive nerdy completism that we all tend to have where we just collect things, but also partially out of the fact that I just enjoy reading them and knowing the material in them. It's a broader depth of understanding that I have for the setting or the rule set, and I can adapt that just to how comfortable I feel playing and running games in the setting. It's almost like armchair traveling. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, very much like that. In junior high, when I first ran into D&D, I got the you know the the pink box I guess it was and I got the monster manual player's handbook. Yeah, I got the it. pink box too, but that's because I wasn't playing D and D. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> the thing was though, I played maybe a half dozen times in my in my life, and so I was forced to like actually spawn my group so I have somebody to play with. I could actually play with my kids, and they have to play with me. <laughs> that, that is that is a great or, or no yeah, you know, I have Scott I have a box of Warhammer guys that I've painted. I've never played Warhammer once. Right, but but the enjoyment you get is not necessarily from just playing right yeah Bill Beach what do you think about these there's certain there's a certain emotional resonance I think for those of us who you know this was like a formative part of our childhood I I don't know I guess in my in my case you don't get a d20 tattooed on yourself because it's not something that's got a strong emotional tie for you I mean you know that's how I started writing as a kid was you know putting together these modules and doing these adventures I mean that was I think how I tapped into that classic southern storyteller the character that I have become, oh yes, boys and girls, <laughs> came from my D and D second edition. All right, 
That was a cool discussion. Good D D moment. Oh um, man. Just well, think we, if we how much better off you'd be though if instead of reading books about games you didn't play, if you read books about I don't know business or science or, or history. Yeah, whatever. Or whatever. I'd be such a douchebag. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Wait. Too, I get too paid late. for being a nerd. Too late. So us? That's, if you could take it to that level, I cannot that's argue. Nice, yeah. yeah, okay, well, whatever. Like, theoretically, all the time I spent masturbating, I just applied myself to, like, learning mathematics. I'd be fucking brilliant and make tons of money, but I wouldn't have masturbated all those times. <laughs> <laughs> and look at what I've achieved. Remember I've that ruined so many times. its own reward. <laughs> I don't look at it like that. I look at it more of a, like a sport. It's kind of like well, I, was, I was never really very athletic, but, you know, that was something I could excel at. Okay, Love well, the game, kids. Now that we're circling the subject anyway, I think it's time for filthy jokes. <laughs> I think you're right. I'll start. You're going to start this week? Okay. I'll start this show. An 85-year-old man. The premise makes no goddamn sense, so just stay with me here. A doctor <laughs> asks this 85-year-old man to uh, produce a sperm sample for him as part of his physical. And the doctor gave the man a jar, and he said, just... Just take this jar home and, and bring back a semen sample tomorrow. So the next day, the old man reappeared at the doctor's office, and he gave him the jar. And the jar was completely clean and empty. And the doctor asked what happened. The man goes, well, doc, it's like this. First I tried with my right hand, nothing. And I tried with my left hand, nothing. So I asked my wife for some help, and, and she tried with, with one hand and then the other, and nothing, so... She tried it with her mouth, first with her teeth in, and then she took her teeth out. Still nothing. So we even called, we called over Arlene, our, our next door neighbor, and she tried it. She tried it one hand, the other hand. She even tried an armpit, squeeze it between her knees. Nothing. Doctor was a little surprised. He was, you asked your neighbor? The old man replied, yep, none of us could get this jar open. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mine's also about the elderly, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very old and kind of tasteless. But I'll toss it out there for anyone who hasn't heard it. Okay. Um, what does a ninety-seven-year-old woman taste like? What depends. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love that joke so much. <laughs> How about you guys? You got anything? Um, I'm not funny, so uh, uh, we're gonna go to the uh, master of artistry, uh, Jess Hart. You've got to have some. Uh, all right, I guess I, I can tell a dirty joke. Um, th th this is probably one that people have heard, but it's still one of my favorites. This guy's in the men's room uh, taking a piss and suddenly looks over next to him, and there is this three-foot-tall guy in a top hat and uh, a coat with a little green coat with tails and buckled shoes and a big red beard taking a piss next to him. The guy looks over for a second and says, Dear God, are you a leprechaun? The guy looks up at him and says, Oh, hi, mate. I am a leprechaun. You seem to have caught me. And uh, I've got my pants down here a bit, so I can't really be running away. So uh, I suppose I owe you. The guy's like, Well, I, I, what, like a pot of gold or something? Is that, is that what I get? No, no. That's, it's not giving pots of gold away anymore. That's very old school. No, no, nowadays we just grant a wish. It's much simpler. The guy's like, All right, well, I, I guess I'll, I'll uh, go and take my wish then. Leprechaun says, it's a, it's a bit more complicated than that, see. There's guild bylaws, all sorts of statutes now. Uh, I'm embarrassed to ask, but uh, if you're going to get your wish, you got to let me fuck you up the arse now. Uh, <laughs> the guy's like, are you serious? He's like, oh, I, I, I hate to do this to you, but uh, they're going to need proof on this one, and uh, I, I really can't be letting you have a wish for free. But it really can be for anything you want, I promise. Get you just about anything. The guy thinks about it for a second and says, well, I really do want that wish, so... Uh, Let's go and get this over with. So they go into a stall. Guy gets down on his knees and 
Leprechaun gets right up behind him and is he is he is not gentle. <laughs> Rams the guy like he really means it, leans on over and says, Lad, how old did you say you were? The guy says, I- I'm 35. Leprechaun laughs and kisses him behind the ear and says, Isn't that a bit old to be believing in leprechauns? <laughs> It's like a word picture. No, I have heard that joke before, but I've never heard it told that well. Bravo, sir. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm a born performer. Nice. <laughs> Do you have anything, Bill? No. No. Okay. Christian ears. Christian ears. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you heathen. Okay, so the, this farmer's out, you know, running some errands, and he, he stops by the hardware store, picks up a bucket and a can of paint. Stops at the feed store, picks up two chickens and a goose, and he's driving home, and all of a sudden his truck breaks down. Now, fortunately, he breaks down only a couple of blocks away from his mechanic, so he's able to, you know, limp it over there. You know, they they talk about what's going on, and unfortunately, the mechanic's out of the part. He's not going to be able to handle it anytime soon. It's not a big deal because the farmer, he can walk to his farm. It's not too far away. But, you know, he's, he's got the problem of how does he get this stuff home? He's got his chores he's got to take care of. And he's, you know, he's got now a, two chickens and a goose and this, you know, paint in the bucket. So he, he's sitting there and he's kind of puzzling over how he's going to pull this off when he sees this little old lady walking down the street. She comes up and uh, she says, hey, can you tell me how to get to 1603 Mockingbird Lane? And the farmer says, well, as a matter of fact, my farm's very close to that. But uh, right now I'm kind of stuck with this problem and I can't figure out how to carry all this stuff. I'd walk you over there otherwise. And she says, well, why don't you take the can of paint, put it inside the bucket, carry the bucket in one hand, put a chicken under each arm, and carry the goose in your other hand. He says, well, thank you very much. And they, he proceeds to walk the old lady home. So on the way, he says, uh, let's take a shortcut and go down this alley. You will be at your place in no time. And the lady kind of looks at him, you know, kind of cautiously and says, well, you know, I'm a lonely widow. I, I don't have a husband to protect my honor, anything like that. You know, how do I know that when we get down this alley, you're not going to hold me up against the wall, pull up my skirt, and just have your way with me? The farmer says, holy smokes, lady, carrying a bucket, a gallon of paint, two chickens, and a goose. How on earth would I be able to push you up against the wall, hike up your skirt, and do that? The old lady says, well, you'd set the goose down, cover him with the bucket, put the paint can on top of the bucket, and then I'll hold the chickens. <laughs> That's it for this week, folks. Tip your waiter. Thank yous. I would like to thank Z from Hipster Please for joining us this week, sir. A late, late night for Z. I really appreciate you staying up so late for this ridiculousness. It's been an absolute... I I would not miss it. It was my honor. It's been an absolute pleasure, sir. And Death Star, thank you so much for coming all the way to Redmond to join us. Yeah, yeah. It was a long drive from from Kirkwood. (laughs) A really long drive. Five minutes away. (laughs) Um, We'll not be doing this again. I'd like to thank Bill Beats uh, for continuing to pretend that he's in this group. Yeah, <laughs> for his vociferous contribution to this podcast. <laughs> Man, a few, words, a few words. And once again, where can we find your stuff? Uh, DeathStarHipHop.com. Uh, the Phantom Menace is the album that's out now. Again, this is not a video podcast, so the people can't see it. Yeah, I was, I was modeling it. Model it so eloquently. Gordon, um, Gordon heard it, though. Uh, yeah, oh, it You can't kind of hear that shit. You can actually listen to the entire album for free, and then if you want to buy it, you can buy it, but uh, that'll have all of our upcoming shows. Our various social networks are all listed under Death Star Hip Hop. 
And um, yeah, we'll have the EP coming out here in winter. We'll say yeah, winter um, time. In winter time. December nineteenth. You heard it. <laughs> December. <laughs> God 19th. damn it. And uh, uh, then uh, hopefully other projects of ours will uh, release with some announcements on uh, someone else's very popular uh, website. You will also find a link on the Bone Bat page. Now, Z, where can we find your stuff once again? Uh, I'm just trying to figure out who has a very popular website. <laughs> <laughs> I do. MightyWombat.com. Our ah, album will be available cool. on Wikipedia. <laughs> you can't update that Nerdcore page for nothing. No, maybe. you cannot. No, you cannot. <laughs> but uh, I'm at uh, HipsterPlease.com. I also HipsterPlease on uh, Twitter and, and all the other social networks. So, and yeah. by the time this airs, we're only going to be about a week, week and a half away from... Radio Free Hipster 100, man. That's true. So uh, come and enjoy the madness. Absolutely. All right. Well, a uh, couple of other things. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number, of course, is 425-296-6557. We'd love to hear your feedback. Or you can email me at steve at bonehand.com, and I'll pass it on to Gord because he doesn't read that shit. No, I don't. I can't read. <laughs> New content on bonehand.com every Sunday. Also, uh, check out the Heavy Half Hour that comes out on non-Bonebat Weeks. And you can find my stuff at MightyWombat.com. By the time this podcast airs, I will be back, healed, both hands working again and doing cartoons once a week. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mighty underscore Wombat. I am a Bone Hand on Twitter as well, or you can follow the Bone Bat Show at Bone Bat on Twitter. If you like what we do, please tell a friend. As always, thank you so much for listening. We're going to have one more closing tune tonight, right, gentlemen? That is right. This one's going to be LFG. This, I, I love this tune. This tune is just flat filthy. This is Looking for Group. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. I'm a beat poet, and you know just how I flow it. I got heart, I show it, but the ladies, they forgo it. Spend so much time alone, my right arm looks like a thigh. Got a werewolf on my palm, and Lahoma in my eye. I'm looking for a girl who likes novels and the internet, who's not afraid to admit that indie rappers get her wet. Sure, I got heart, but my heart hates uggos. Dealing on the hard daily with my single life struggles. Got a wife, great. Can't get girls to look my direction. Been so damn long, golden girls. Pops my erection, rector set in my pants. Dust off my unused protection. I'm not looking for an overgeous fairer sex affection. I'm being honest. honest. I ain't got game. I ain't been late since Corey Feldman hung with Corey Hain. Easy money's always welcome. Easy, easy women are a prize. But her access goes denied if she's not easy on the eyes. MMO bills, tabletop skills, league game and rig with high end frills. No one can approach me in 3 And on the Wii, I'm undefeated. Do you recognize me? MMO bills, tabletop skills, high on the list of nerdcore thrills. But when it comes to girls, I get squirrely, then I'll surely become surly Cause they never seem to recognize me Looks like I'm going nowhere, stuck like Luke on Tatooine Seems like you're my only hope, but please no yellow laser beam I don't think it's much to ask, so if you're up to the task Be my Sailor Moon and I'll be your tuxedo mask We have late night games of turn-based oral The sum of 23 and 46 Calculate my immoral math, math equation. equation Be my denominator, just a fraction of my passion Won't you swallow my remainder? I'm the player with my kills who shoot directly for the head I'm the slayer when they face me every Everybody ends up dead. Speak a prayer on your knees at the base of your bed. A soothsayer, see you tangled in my Zelda bedspread. I'm hung like a donkey looking for a little ass. The kind of woman who will shed her garments in a honey flash. I'm like a land party girl. I can go all night. Winter may be coming, but it's not.
on my final fight. I got MMO bills, tabletop skills, league game and rig with high and frills. No one can approach me on 360 PS3 and on the Wii I'm undefeated. Do you recognize me? MMO bills, tabletop skills, high on the list of nerdcore thrills. But when it comes to girlies, I get squirrely, then I'll surely become surly because they never seem to recognize me for real. You think it's Christian and Roxanne, but I'm Cyrano, and you leave with another man. So Roxanne! Put on that red dress, you can be his call girl or you can be my princess. Really, ladies? It's just us on stage, scraping by on Eggo waffles and on minimum wage. There, all alone, a wallflower at the bar. Little do you know, I've, I've just made you my prom star. Sure, we'd hold hands, spend time chatting feelings, romantic evenings out, caviar. Glass of reasoning. Someone's speaking, want a lady in the streets, freaking the bedroom. I'm a freak all day, public sex during afternoon. Rush shower. About a sour taste in my mouth. You can't see past D20, figure it out. Geeks make the best lovers, best boyfriends by far. Don't deny me a ride. Just cause I don't have a call, I got MMO bills, tabletop skills, league game and rig with high and frills. No one can approach me on 360 PS3 and on the Wii I'm undefeated. Do you recognize me? MMO bills, tabletop skills, high on the list of nerdcore thrills. But when it comes to girlies, I get squirrely, then I'll surely become surly cause they never seem to recognize me. 3P, cosplay, Bill Beats, you've got mail. Things have been so barren, got a memo for my dick said, take me on vacation, P.S. No fat chicks. We have an injury. <laughs> he sprained his tongue. Only in there. Well, medic. It's gonna happen sometime. Uh, injury, medic, <laughs> cleric. Can I go check this out real quick? Can you roll for a save? We've yeah. never had an injury on the Bone Bat Show either. No. This is full of firsts. No. I got a fucking big up Bill Beats. That was a nice, nice instrumental. No, I'm, I'm not lucky enough to be bleeding. Now it's just embarrassing. <laughs> I'm such a wuss. Oh my god. And I was over here combing my hair earlier, putting myself up. I'm I'm cosplay's fancy boy. <laughs> All right, can we give that another run through? Absolutely. Can I use I bit my tongue as an excuse to I forgot the lyrics as well? Yeah, if you want to. Uh, but my tongue actually clicked on my teeth. That's pathetic. I was just not going to do that part and pick it up when I remembered, and I bit my tongue trying to remember the lyrics. I think I bit my tongue has been played out, though. Maybe you should move on to, oh, I bit my penis. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to start doing that now, and I'm still going to hold my mouth yeah. when I do that. So it was your mouth that got hurt. Yeah. I oh, I bit my penis I see what you did in there. my mouth. We have an ending stinger for the show, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.